Hello, everyone, and welcome to this edition of JM Rewind, where we get an opportunity to revisit some of the great conversations we've had on JM and the AM right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Recently, Michael Eisenberg was with us uh, from Aleph in Israel uh, to discuss the initiative that he and his staff have undertaken to help people make Aliyah, to help people move to Israel. Michael Eisenberg, a guest of ours recently on JM and the AM right here on JM Rewind. Michael Eisenberg is with us live via telephone. You may recall his most recent visit to JM and the AM uh, was when we spoke about the book, The Vanishing Jew, a wake-up call from the Book of Esther. That was around Purim time, of course. Uh, Michael, the author of that book, we had a very interesting discussion about uh, Jewish history from that period of time. And, of course, today, in terms of um, the Jewish attitude outside of Israel toward moving to Israel and getting to the Holy Land, Michael Eisenberg is a partner at Aleph in Israel, a venture capital firm uh, in the Holy Land, and uh, joins us. He happens to be traveling now in the United States, joins us live via telephone on this Thursday morning. Michael Eisenberg, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum, and Chodesh Tov. Chodesh Tov, great to speak with you. Is there a an added element to your message of diaspora jury, you know, looking uh, what you'd like for diaspora jury to uh, to look forward and uh, think of moving to Israel when Yom HaZikaron on Monday and Yom HaTzmut on Tuesday are right around the corner. You know, remarkably, uh, when I moved to Israel, and one of the things you underappreciate growing up in the States is that this period of, of Pesach extends. It extends to Yom HaShoah, it extends to Yom HaZikaron, it extends uh, to Yom HaTzmut. Uh, and with my first son in the Army now, it takes on an, an extra poignant message. And uh, it's really a joyous time where you think of leaving Mitzrayim on Pesach, but actually arriving in the Promised Land on, on Heiyar and Yom Atzimut, and all the sacrifices uh, that both the Kedoshim and the Shoah and the, the soldiers in the Israeli army and anyone who defended our people and our country went through. It's, it's an emotional time, uh, one that's heavy and happy at the same time, and you know, I think an important time for people to feel what the country of Israel is like. Yeah, no question about that, and uh, <laughs> not, not to compare the two, but... Uh, the meaning not to compare uh, the exodus and the eventual um, uh, um, uh, the eventual arrival of the Jewish people in Israel uh, to modern times, but uh, th- those who go on March of the Living sort of get a feeling like that, going from an area uh, where Jews suffered in the depths of Jewish history, and then days later being in Israel for a big celebration. It gives you a slight taste of what you're referring to. Um, so, so your message, which is of course one of uh, Jews in diaspora. Uh, looking closely at the possibilities and moving as quickly as possible uh, to get to the state of Israel. Um, it, it, is there a is there a specific your firm your firm your uh, the, those you and those you work with have declared that you could be helpful in this process of people outside of Israel getting to Israel? How so? You know, last night I gave a lecture at uh, Stern College and uh, to twenty or thirty computer science students and math students at, at Stern. And they really want to understand what are the practical applications or what are the practical difficulties, challenges, and opportunities in moving to Israel and finding employment. I think a lot of uh, Jews outside of Israel who who contemplate making Aliyah ask themselves, what am I going to do for a living? And it's a legitimate question. Uh, I think one should put ideology over over living, but easy to say. And I think it's really important that we make uh, economic opportunity available for people uh, and do it. And one of the things that's changing in this world now is People are being judged for their skills and not their education and resume. Uh, and in our lifetime, what we'll see going on right now is that people will change jobs many, many times. And the notion of kind of the Jewish professional 
who goes and is a lawyer for 50 years is as you know disappearing as the technology economy takes over. So one of the things we've noticed is that American Jews who move to Israel have one killer advantage over Israelis, and that is their English is perfect, and it's a skill, and they can articulate themselves and understand the culture. And as more and more marketing moves to the Internet, uh, what we're going to see is increased amounts of content marketing that build brand. So we've put out a call, uh, can Aleph help you make Aliyah, to any uh, American Ole in Israel or English Ole in Israel or anyone contemplating Aliyah, and we are going to finance a seminar uh, through the month of May, for people who want to learn from the best how to become content marketers and get good employment and startup nation in the technology economy in Israel. What do they... We're going to set it up, we're going to run it, and we'll invite anyone to come and, and participate. What do they need beside perfect English skills? Passion, a willingness to be adaptable uh, to a new professional idea. Uh, being internet facile is is critically important, obviously, uh, and having a creative flair is also important. Those are the traits we're looking for. High energy, passion, creativity, and a willingness to you know, look at yourself differently and how you can contribute uh, there. These are well-paying jobs in Israel. Uh, they're well-paying jobs globally, by the way, but they're well-paying jobs in Israel. And Americans in particular have a unique competitive advantage in them. And you just need to be taught the skills. And universities today uh, don't teach these skills. So we'll do some retraining. Michael Eisenberg is with us. Um, are, are you targeting a specific age group? Uh, inevitably, younger people are more facile with the, with the Internet and mobile phones. Um, but no, come one, come all. We, we've already had uh, 50-year-olds sign up, a uh, bunch of 20-year-olds, 30-year-old people. You know, what's going on, if you've read, for example, Reed Hoffman, the founder of LinkedIn's book, uh, it, book on what's changing the economy. People will change jobs and have to reinvent themselves every four to five years. Uh, I was saying last night at Stern, we've already looked at three companies that have artificial intelligence, AI-powered lawyers. Literally, you see AI bots that can create contracts and do legal discovery. So even if you think you're a safe professional lawyer, over time will be disrupted. So these people are just like everybody else, reinventing themselves as content marketers for the 21st century economy and doing it in a place where we can realize our Jewish vision and the calendar is ours. You don't have to worry about Shabbos and Yontif. Michael Eisenberg is with us. Will people who follow your lead on this and are skilled enough to, uh, you know, to enter the type of workforce you're describing, would they be able to stay in Israel, or is this something where likely they're going to have to do a tremendous amount of traveling and might even have to spend, you know, I don't know, half a month away from their family? Uh, look, I do a fair amount of traveling myself and have been for 22 or 23 years. Uh, that sometimes is part of the job. However, uh, what's happening more and more, and you ask, why is Israel a marketing powerhouse? If you look at a company like Wix, which is traded on NASDAQ, across uh, an all-time high above 80 bucks a share just this week, they do 100% of their marketing from Israel. They do a Super Bowl ad here and turn up to do a Super Bowl party, but 100% of the marketing is online. The beauty of the Internet is that you can be in Timbuktu or Tel Aviv, and you can market to people in New York and Oshkosh and San Francisco. So you're actually doing far less travel today than you ever did before. Much of this can be done online through writing, chat, and Internet dissemination. And that is an incredible opportunity. It's like the old trade routes that always went through Israel. Now we've got high-speed Internet lines that go you know, from Africa to Europe through Israel and out to the United States. And you can reach anywhere in the world. It's a game-changer. You can work anywhere in the world from Israel. If you spoke to undergrads last night, I would guess they asked, you know, what, what – um educational path they should be on 
to get to where you're, you know, to, to get to where you're describing. What what is it that the young people or the parents of the young people are helping to advise them uh, should be pursuing? What should they should be they be looking at in their college schedule in order to really streamline toward your goal? Well, the students I spoke to last night are kind of the first, first cohort of computer science majors at Stern College, which is incredible. It's late. Um, but I would encourage anybody to study computer science. Computer coding is like learning to write and read English today. Um, it is the language of the future, and everyone should go out and do that. That's the first thing. People that we're targeting for this content marketing course are people who are not computer engineers. By the way, if you are a computer engineer, you can move to Israel and you'll have 10 job offers. Wow. There is, there is a shortage of ten to 15,000 computer programmers in Israel. We have an insatiable appetite uh, to bring people in, uh, help them find work in the Holy Land, as you called it. But these people, the content marketing course is for people who made Aliyah without the requisite computer science skill set, right. but still want to be involved in the tech economy. And like I said, they have good English, good writing skills, and cultural affinity to the United States. And, wh- and, when, and, and when is that seminar taking place? It's taking place in the month of May. You can find out about it just by either going to the Aleph, A-L-E-P-H, Facebook page, or we have a blog, www.alephaleph.vc. And we have a blog post on it there. There's a sign-up form. They'll tell us why you think you're qualified, whether you are or not. And we'll see if we can help. We want to bring, you know, thousands of people in Aliyah uh, to Israel to help build the economy and, you know, keep turning Israel into an ever bigger powerhouse in the world tech economy. It is amazing the powerhouse it's become, huh? It, it's remarkable. Here, here's a crazy statistic for you, Nahum. Um, from 1984 to 2014, the average, average income in the United States increased 20%. And in Israel, it increased four-and-a-half-fold. Wow. <laughs> the lines are crossing. Israel is becoming an economic magnet. Uh, my wife went out to go see somebody who was on a Fulbright scholarship in Tel Aviv uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and she was telling my wife, this, this young Jewish girl who studied at Princeton, that her friends who were there with her on the Fulbright, who are not Jewish, say to her, we're so envious of you. You can, on a dime, decide to make Aliyah and live here in Tel Aviv or Jerusalem, and we can't. It's a wonderful place to live. Really wonderful. It's Aside from the fact that God told us to do it, you know. <laughs> There's that little factor as well. Yeah. Um, uh, Michael Eisenberg is a partner at Aleph, a venture capital fund in the state of Israel. Uh, information about these seminars that he described for the month of May, you can go to the Aleph Facebook page, A-L-E-P-H. And uh, how do they access the blog? It's right there, uh, A-L-E-P-H dot V-C. All right, and you'll see it there. Don't put a .com and you won't find us. You'll find some other guy. <laughs> Understood. Uh, the the effort to get people to focus on Israel is an amazing one. It's one we've taken very seriously over the years. It's incredible that you're able to uh, to think of a way to to help out in this uh, in this area and to um, encourage people who have certain skills uh, to consider Israel. And I certainly hope this will help build the Holy Land. Like I say, this time of year with uh, all the big events coming up in Israel. It's, uh, you know, emotionally, it's very easy. Uh, it's, it's very easy to, again, uh, you know, endear oneself to the Holy Land. I hope we, I hope people endear themselves enough to actually make the move in the very near future. You know what it says, but, you know, I hear, I hear the big media personalities will also do well at content marketing. Really? Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it says, you know, and so we don't have to just wait for this time of year. The opportunities are open. You can make Aliyah today for economic reasons and Zionist reasons and religious reasons and Jewish reasons and just to be a wonderful part of our people and contribute to the growing economy of the state. And you are a real contributor when you turn up and do this. 
Yeah, no question about that. Uh, Michael Eisenberg, thank you. Good luck through your travels and the best regards to the Holy Land. We'll do. See you soon, Nachum. There he is, Michael Eisenberg, partner at Aleph, encouraging everybody to uh, consider uh, where the future of the Jewish people is. You know what we always say, the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel, nowhere else. That was our conversation with Michael Eisenberg of Aleph on the topic of Aliyah. Next up, our friends at OHEL have the big OHEL OXC coming up on the 21st of May. The OHEL Extreme Challenge takes place up at Camp Cayley. It's an amazing fundraiser, an incredibly fun day, and a wonderful opportunity to get involved in the work of OHEL. Our friends from OHEL OXC, they're up next on JM Rewind here at the Nahum Siegel Network. We have two very special guests in our studio this morning, and I have a smile on my face because I think every time I discuss this topic, I, I wonder who the crazy ones are, me or them. Uh, we're referring, of course, to uh, OXC, the OHEL Extreme Challenge. The OXC Classic is happening up at Camp Cayley on Sunday, May the 21st. It's less than a month away, and if you want to challenge yourself and support a great cause at the same time, here's your opportunity to listen to this, to jump climb, run, and crawl through 35 obstacles benefiting OHEL's children and adults with disabilities. Children, adults, and families are all welcome. There'll be a one-and-a-half-mile option. There's also a five-mile option. And you can meet help meet the match of the OHEL Extreme Challenge. Remember, a quarter of a million dollars will be matched 100% when participants raise their own $250,000. Go right now to ohelox.org, ohelox.org, and get all the information. In our studio, Alan Sector, who is the uh, Chief Development Officer at OHEL. Alan, good morning to you. Morning, Nachum. Great to be here. I appreciate that. And somebody who can even better than either of us explain why somebody would want to participate in the OHEL OXC, and that is Yosef Levy. He and the uh, people that he knows and are related to are going to be part of a big team effort that's going to be happening on the um, on the twenty uh, first of May, Yosef Levy, welcome to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. All right, let me start with this. Why would someone want to jump, climb, run, and crawl through thirty five obstacles? It's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> I ask myself you that regularly. You yourself don't know the answer. I, I think the the answer to that is. I don't know. Well, okay, there are people out there who do want right. to do all of that, but I think that it's more important, especially in this situation, uh, to need to do it. People need to do it because they need to be able to not raise the awareness, but raise the awareness of um, OHEL and what OHEL does and who they do it for. Right. Um, I just we we do it as a family, and as you know, Nachum, because you know my brother Mayor. Um, my and he's been a guest on this show, by the way. He has. As you know. <laughs> you probably never stopped hearing about it afterwards. <laughs> the big celebrity. Still waiting for his CD. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, but we, my youngest brother, Mayor Baruch Levy, uh, who lives here on the Lower East Side, um, has Downs. And we run as a family, I was mentioning to Alan, that we have, we're, we just registered a team of 11. Right. All relatives? or All relatives. All relatives. So it's me and... Four of my uh, six children, right. my brother, and I think three of his kids, and then my older sister Esther, who you met last sure. year as well, and Mayor Bach. All of whom are in love with Mayor and love the work that OHEL does to help men. Ab- absolutely. Right. Um, but 
when we do it as a team, and you would wonder why is a, my the youngest of my children that's doing it is almost seven years old. Right. And my brother's kids are also young. My oldest is only 13 and a half. And you wonder why on earth would we want to do this? And I think that um, anyone who was there at the end last year, and I know I showed you this picture the last finish night, line. <laughs> at the finish line where you're going through literally a dumpster filled with mud. <laughs> you're just trudging through. And, you know, Mayor did skip that part. Mayor doesn't do mud. He made that very clear to all of us. But right before that, there was a set of monkey bars uh, that were, I don't know, seven feet off right. the ground. Near the so, end of the race. Near the, the end run. of the race. And Mayor and Svi Styler, who also lives here on the Lower East Side, who lives in the house with him, desperately wanted to do this. Everybody is running and they're swinging around. The two, I don't know if they're the owners of a, a, B, ABF Mudrunners. ABF Mudrunners, who does an amazing job, by the way, setting up this uh, obstacle Oh, the two course. people who, are, who did what you're about to tell us were actually from the company that they helped They were from run the it? company, Pssh. got down on their hands and knees. Talk about. And took, wow. and, you know, took these 200, we'll, we'll be very nice. Two big guys. 200 <laughs> plus pound, you know, special needs men right. and let them walk on their backs as they held on to the monkey bars, so that they could feel included with everybody else. And for me, yeah, it's exciting. It's nice. We cheer them on and everything. But for my children who are standing there and any other people who are not intimately familiar with you know, special, uh, special children, people with disabilities, right. to see the determination in my brother's face that even walking on, these, on their backs, uh-huh. it was still a struggle for him. And he didn't give up. And I say this all the time to... <clears throat> Excuse me, to people, don't underestimate people with disabilities. Don't underestimate these people that you see in the street because if you give them the opportunity, they will continue to impress you and amaze you. And that's what Mayor does. And he, I see the way my children interact with him. He's Uncle Mayor. Right. He's not Uncle Special Mayor, Special Uncle. He's <laughs> Uncle Mayor, just like my other brother's Uncle Yitzchak and all of their other aunts and uncles that they have. It's a big lesson in human potential in general, right? Yes. And then because it's just a stark contrast in their situation, it, it really, you know, it brings it out. Yes. It, it becomes more evident right. as the children get older right. because they start surpassing his, right. where he's holding, and they still have to realize this is their uncle. Right. They still have to treat him the way that they would treat any other uncle. And they do because we try and lead by example, right. and we show them the importance of cheering on and pushing and persevering, and this OXC is just a perfect example of that. Uh, Yosef Levy is here. We'll get to Alan in a second. I just want to ask you, is there an excitement in your circle, the people you work with, the people you're related to and associated with, and, and the relatives and friends of all the 11 team members? Are you know It's a couple of years already this is going on. Is there, do you feel it already as it builds up to the event? This is, this is our third year doing this. Right. And- we actually, the year before they opened OXC, they did a 5K right. challenge in uh, Brooklyn, mm-hmm. which we did also. And that was the first time that we did it with Mayor. And he walked the whole way, and my sister walked with him. But we all went back for the last, you know, eighth of a mile and ran with him. And it was just the excitement is is palpable. And so now is it easy? And I know it's never easy. Is it? Is it? It's easier. Is it easier to raise easier. money for this and to and to tell people? You know, you got to understand what we're going through on this Sunday, May 21st. People see it. They watch the video. uh, I would say fortunately or unfortunately, we're very prominently (laughs) featured in the video. uh, All muddied up. on the website. All muddied up and climbing over walls and pushing others over the wall. And it it, it definitely builds an excitement that makes it easier 
to um, raise money than you know I'm running right, from. Yeah. I'm running six blocks, or right. I guess we're in the city, so 5K would be somewhere around <laughs> right. 60 plus blocks. Right. You know, down a straight road by ourselves. Is this any different than last year? Do you know format wise what the company's doing? Is it is it essentially the same type of thing as last year? Or? There are a few new obstacles. We want to keep it fresh. And oh, so they they specifically are going to make we're it mixing new, mixing it up. Uh, we're definitely uh, anticipating having some fresh challenges. Uh, it's going to be close to double the number of people participating. You know that already? Uh, well, based upon how we're tracking, we have uh, 330 participants already. We're shooting for 500. Who are officially registered? Who are officially you got to come, Nacho. I mean, it's, you got to come. There's <laughs> close to 60 teams. I mean, uh, Yosef's team is one of the bigger teams. Right. Uh, but we have a number of, of gyms that we're partnering with in, uh, in five towns, in Brooklyn, in Teaneck. Uh, I mean, a Sunday in May is not easy for people to get away. They actually board these buses and get in their cars and go up to the Catskills. Yeah. Spend the day with you. And once they shower, have dinner with you, right? Yeah, we have, I mean, a, we have a sumptuous barbecue. Right. Uh, we have uh, medals. Uh, you know, it's really a full prizes. day. Yeah. It's, it's a wonderful celebration of community. I think Yosef captured it perfectly. It's right. the kind of community that we want to live in. I signed up my team for my family as well. My wife and three kids so you'll are, all be there. are going to be there. And, and I think that we're relatively new to the OHEL family as I only joined the organization last month. Right. Uh, but in the short time that I've been with OHEL, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful and powerful message about the kind of community we want to be in. And uh, it's important to my wife and I to give our kids the first-hand experience of, of modeling that. Even if it includes <laughs> getting down and dirty, so to speak. So my, 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 my five-year-old didn't want to go through the mud <laughs> yeah. until I told him he was going to get a medal. And you know, and that, uh, I now he'll do anything with that medal. That, that definitely pushed my him. My 10-year-old lost his sneaker in the mud <laughs> oh. last year. I had to go back and start digging through. Did you like, find just, it? We found it. That's what, a father. You know, we, we talk about the mud, and that's, that seems to be the superstar of the whole course. But there are other difficult and crazy things as well, right? The, the course starts off at least the past two right. years. It started off with uh, a... Basically, a vertical well, a wall is obviously oh, vertical. Oh, climb the wall. Uh, climb the wall, right. but there are three options. So there's a, a six-foot or a four-foot. Small, medium, and large. eight-foot and a 12-foot. Wow. And, you know, obviously, yeah, sure, I can jump over the six-foot <laughs> easy. But we challenge ourselves, and I think last year we did the eight or the 12. And what you do is you get a couple people up top, right. and they help the other people up. And it's the same thing. I think this is the tagline on the website is, if you want to help uh, lift others, lift, uh, if you want to lift yourself, lift others first. Right. And I think it's important to remember that it's, it's, it's fully supported. The obstacles are, are staffed by volunteers and professionals who are capable of helping people over them. Uh, people should participate at their level of comfort. There are two course options. One is a five-mile course for men and women, uh, and another is a one-and-a-half-mile course for families and people with disabilities. So we're encouraging people of all abilities to come. This is the only fully inclusion event of its kind and is specifically geared towards uh, making it accessible to people uh, of all ranges of abilities. Is, is it crazy how they set up Camp Cayley? Is it like is it dumbfounding how it, they're able to do it? It's like that? amazing. I think they they leave most of the obstacles up all year round. Oh, they like, use I, it for camp. I, they use it for camp, but I think like the mud, the big muddy right. ones are, are removed. <laughs> the the company that runs the event is up there on the weekends for weeks in advance setting it up. We're going up in a couple of weeks on uh, May seventh to have a uh, you know a look at the course and formation. Some of the obstacles are left up. Some of them are, are taken down before camp just because of space constraints. It's a big it's a big undertaking. You know, and five hundred people, which is what we're shooting for, right. is, uh, is a is a big number. I want to emphasize one thing you said, Nachum, which sure. is that we do have a match on the table. Right. Yeah, we're going to get to that in a second. But I must ask you, rain or shine? 
Uh, we're hoping for shine. And if it, and if it is raining, you guys go ahead, right? It so, makes no difference, right? So, so Alan said, <laughs> let's, "Let's focus on the shine. We're going to focus on the shine. Let's leave it at that." Next question, please. <laughs> but I'm figuring, you know, yeah. it, it could rain or hurricane. It doesn't matter. Well, last year it was a week earlier, and it was frigid. There. Oh, it, was cold. it didn't stop anybody, but it was. Rigid. So dress appropriately yes. if the weather calls for yes. it. <laughs> but, but it was still Lay fun. Layers. It was still lots of fun. Alan Sector, Yosef Levy in our studio. I remember the first time, I don't know if you heard the first time this was ever introduced on this show, you know, a couple of years ago. There were so many skeptics. Would this be attractive to our community? Is it something that, you know, could join the list of activities that are done for fundraising efforts, whether it's biking, running, etc.? It's un- When you say to me it's already 3.30 registered a month before, that's just remarkable as far as, by, by, by an amazing I mean you're going to be day. over 500 please God pretty amazing and, it, and if people don't want to register to actually do it they can go online and support the so course th- thank you for asking that there's a, var- a variety of ways of participating certainly coming out and running the course like Yosef and his family doing uh, is, is the best possible way to participate and again there are five mile and one and a half mile options depending on people's preferences you can certainly support any of the uh, the teams uh, by making a contribution. Uh, we're also looking for volunteers. It's a, it's a massive undertaking, and we need dozens of volunteers to do everything from help with the obstacles to uh, register participants to give out the medals. Um, and uh, vol- All ages? or uh, uh, you know, Primarily high school and up. Right. Uh, you know, and volunteers will be allowed to participate in part of the course at the end. We'll barbecue and staff T-shirt and all that. So we're definitely taking good care of our people. As you always do. And looking for uh, as many uh, members of the community to participate in whatever way is comfortable for them. All right. Uh, OHELOXC, uh, to register for the event, OHELOXC.org. It's the um, OHEL Extreme Challenge. You have your opportunity to jump, climb, run, and crawl. 35 obstacles. The options as we described. And as Alan mentioned just a moment ago, literally, if everybody collectively raises $250,000, that amount is going to be matched, which means... The fundraiser, the fundraiser for May twenty first is going to be half a million dollars, which well, we, is incredible. We, we, we and we also have some other surprises in the fundraiser's bag of tricks for when we do meet that two hundred fifty thousand dollar match. So we're hoping to make this a million dollar event by the time wow. we get to May twenty first. We're currently at one hundred sixty six thousand, uh, and so when we hit oh, you're the, well on your way. When we hit the two hundred fifty thousand dollar mark, the number goes to five hundred thousand, and then we're going to announce another uh, impressive match as well. Is your team doing well in the fundraising department so far? <laughs> The best we're doing awareness. We're, we're really about the awareness. <laughs> that's your that's your function. We, we just set up the team. It was Friday, I think. We, oh. we signed up, and uh, we plan on sending out the emails this week. But you keep saying org. If you don't have someone you want to support, you can do slash Levy Crew, and you ah, can support okay. us. Excellent. <laughs> Let's get Yosef and his family off to a good start. After all, he came in here early this morning. Slash Levy Crew. Yep. L-E-V-I. Oh, L-E-V-I. org. Slash Levy Crew, L-E-V-I-C-R-E-W. And again, uh, as Alan described, that match is going to continue to climb as long as people continue to give. Yeah, go ahead, Alan. Just one quick thing, Nachum, as well. I want to say that an event like this is is only possible because of the work of a lot of people. And uh, certainly we have uh, an amazing group of lay chairmen and women uh, that have really worked tirelessly in order to get us to the 330 people. Uh, and $167,000 that have been raised so far. So I want to give a special thank you to our co-chairs, Ben Englander, Phil Goldfeder, Arya Jacobson, Aiton Kestenbaum, Yehuda Koenig, Rachel Rosenberg, and Morty Schwartz, who have all really done an amazing job of helping to put OXC on the map uh, and are really helping it to achieve uh, unprecedented levels of success. Fitting that the events at Camp Cayley, huh? Not just because they're affiliated with OHEL, but the entire... 
topic of inclusion and, and being side by side as you described. I mean, your family, yeah. you know, pe- people of all different types of abilities are together doing this whole thing. That's right. So quite appropriate that it's up there at Camp Cayley. Tell me, Alan, about sponsorship opportunities. I assume they still exist even uh, three, four weeks beforehand. Indeed they do, Nachum. Uh, we have sponsorship opportunities available at a range of levels. Uh, if you go onto the website, OLOXC.org, mm. uh, and click the sponsorship tab, you'll see uh, we're looking for people to sponsor uh, individuals running with disabilities um, who are you know, going to be participating but not necessarily doing a lot of their own fundraising. Uh, you can sponsor individual obstacles, uh, start line and finish line sponsors, uh, event sponsorship as well. Uh, we certainly so have the a, wall could be sponsored. You want to sponsor the wall? We, the JM and the AM wall? <laughs> I like that. that. <laughs> I, I like that. We have a special price for you now. I want everyone to think that we're easy to contend 12, with. 12, <laughs> the 12-foot wall. Listen, you're a tall man. We've got the 12-foot wall for you. Uh, absolutely. We have a number of great corporate sponsors that are already on board, uh, and, and certainly co-branded giveaway items are part of that. Um, a lot of good swag, right? OHEL is, yeah. I mean, definitely it's top fun. top tier when it comes to the swag. Yeah, it's fun. You should attend just for that. It says here free training. What does that mean? Free training is uh, is available in a variety of neighborhoods. We had actually had a wonderful OXC pump-up event uh, in East Rockaway Park led by Avid Fitness uh, on Sunday. We had 40 to 50 people come out for uh, an hour and a half training on Sunday evening in the park <laughs> led by Avi Dagon at Avid Fitness. Uh, there are free training opportunities available for everybody who participates, so we're not throwing you into the deep end of the pool on your own. Uh, we're planning uh, a, a women's only event led by Fit Studios in Cedarhurst, um, and I believe there are another couple training events happening uh, in Brooklyn uh, as well. Is that uh, going to be on the site, on the website? Uh, all... Confirmed participants will be in touch with oh. uh, with OHEL, or OHEL will be in touch with them with regards to training opportunities. There are weekly classes, free of charge, for all those signed up, and then these special pump-up events happening between now uh, and the uh, and, and the OXC itself. Lunch and dinner taken care of, right? Breakfast and breakfast lunch. And breakfast. Oh, it's breakfast you lunch. Gotta yeah. get a, you thought we yeah. got up early today. Yeah. you got to yeah. get up really early, early a, to get all the way up to Wordsboro. Right. A, a, right. a sumptuous breakfast and a lavish barbecue following completion of the course. Uh, you will not be disappointed. Phenomenal. And uh, that everyone is uh, – and you, you provide transportation. Transportation will be provided from the five towns, uh, from Queens. I think there will be a bus coming from uh, Teaneck and popping by the lower side to, p- to pick up – lower east side to pick up some of our individuals in the, uh, in the, in the residences. Ah, um, yeah. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's an all-in event. Ohelloxc.org, Ohelloxc.org. Any information by email, you could uh, email oxc at ohelfamily.org, oxc at ohelfamily.org. And, of course, the phone number at area code 718-972-9338, 718-972-9338. Do you have schools participating in this OXC challenge? You know, we, this year we have uh, Rabbi Avi Weber, who's a Rabbi at DRS, as our OXC coordinator. Oh, Rabbi Weber, yeah. uh, and, and Rabbi Weber has done a phenomenal job of engaging the young adult community in this. And we have, we have teams from more than a dozen schools throughout nice. the greater New, York, New, greater New York area. We have DRS, Frisch, Hafter. Echla, Torah, Mayanot, May, uh, Rambam, Ramaz, uh, North Shore, it goes on. Uh, and so, um, you know, we have, we have a lot of young adults coming. Uh, and for me, one of the most poignant things about OXC is that for many of those uh, young men and women, this will be their first introduction to OHEL. And when you think about the lasting impact of OXC, bringing people up to Camp Cayley to have the experience not only of running the course and of feeling that sense of triumph of completing it, and yes, getting the swag and the barbecue and all that other good stuff that will be there for them, it'll be a very fun day, but I think most importantly of all will be the opportunity to experience firsthand OHEL's mission and impact and for them to be a part of modeling the kind of community we want for our kids. Is the Kaylee family 
aware of what's happening May 21st. Oh, yes, indeed. They uh, know about it. God willing, Harvey Kaylee will be there oh, uh, on site. He has two grandsons that are running the course. Uh, and, Pretty uh, cool. and And Harvey and Gloria are, uh, are, are big supporters and fans of everything that OHEL does, uh, especially Camp Kaylee, and OXC is no exception to that. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing Harvey uh, on site on May the 21st and for uh, sharing in the Nachas with him. Uh, because so much of what we do is really a function of uh, of, of his vision and, and his support. And he takes great pride and does it with tremendously uh, positive attitude. Incredible. Uh, phone number is 718-972-9338. It's the OLOXC, the big challenge coming up on the 21st of May. Everybody out there is invited to participate. If you want to volunteer, if you want to just be there, if you want to actually do the course, if you want to help raise money, uh, believe you me, uh, there's plenty for you to do if you log on or if you call the phone number. And don't forget that every single dollar that's raised is going to be matched. And as that challenge continues over the next couple of weeks, the challenge amount is going to get higher and higher. So just keep raising the money, everybody. And as you heard, we're doing this as a public service for the Levy family because they deserve it. Uh, and that is, uh, you'll let Mayor know that we gave I an extra push will. for the Levy family. That's org slash Levy crew, L-E-V-I crew. Uh, you could specifically participate uh, by signing up, or I should say, by register by uh, uh, supporting uh, the Levy family or any of the teams on the website. And we wish them the best of luck. Anything you'd like to add, Mr. Allen Sector? I would just say that from here, I'm going to the uh, the new Ohel Jaffa family oh, campus for a series of meetings. Tell us what's going on. Uh, we have a hundred thousand square foot facility that's a close campus. to opening or uh september god willing in september it's a few months away uh and uh and and we're really making tremendous progress there it's m and east 14 right it's going to house many of ohel's programs and services that have been run in disparate locations throughout the greater new york area uh and it's exciting to see the uh the building take shape uh and to i see mean over the weeks you see differences you see a lot you of know, movement I, there? I, this will be my third time there in the last six weeks right. uh and you know you you literally see the walls going up you see the space taking shape you can see that you know, from a schematic, you know, where such and such program is going to be housed, where the day habs will be, where the Tikva Counseling Center is going to exist, where the, the medical services will, will be there offering primary medical care for adults and for, for families, uh, you know, in the heart of Brooklyn. Uh, it's a wonderful consolidation uh, of OHEL's programs, but even more importantly, it's a wonderful expansion of our services. And I think it makes such a powerful statement about OHEL as home. OHEL is providing uh, such a, an impressive array of services, of core needed services to the Jewish community, and it'll be in the heart of Brooklyn. What a dream, boy, and you're watching it come true. Unfolding. Yosef Levy, anything you'd like to add, sir? No, we're just looking forward. We're going to have fun. We hope that we'll see a lot of the, your listeners out there either, either running, make sure jumping. Get, make sure they get back safe and sound, please. Climbing, <laughs> all of that. <laughs> Thank you, and best regards to the Levy crew. Will do. Uh, it's org slash Levy crew, L-E-V-I crew, if you want to participate by supporting the Levy family, and obviously, if you want to participate, register, or just support the cause in general, just go to the website and do so, or call 718-972-9338. May 21st is the OHEL Extreme Classic. When it was first introduced here a couple of years ago, we were skeptical if it would survive. Now, forget about survival. It is absolutely thriving with hundreds and hundreds of people registering, and with probably over 500, it looks like, who will be participating on the 21st of May. Call a vote to OHEL and the people who worked so hard to make this a success. That was our conversation regarding the OHEL Extreme Challenge coming up the 21st of May up at Camp Cayley. Next is Rabbi Mark Wilds. Rabbi Mark Wilds of the Manhattan Jewish Experience is leading a tour to Israel in August, a wonderful tour for people in their 20s and 30s. We had an opportunity to discuss that and many other things with him recently. 
uh, on JM in the AM. Rabbi Mark Wilds on this edition of JM Rewind at the Nahum Siegel Network. We love uh, hearing about the accomplishments of the Manhattan Jewish experience. Uh, Rabbi Mark Wilds has been, uh, since its founding, an incredible leader of this organization that is doing so many special things on a regular basis every single week and in many cases uh, many nights during the week. And they have a big trip to Israel coming up. Uh, the Manhattan Jewish Experience invites you to see Israel their way in an, in an experience unlike the rest starting on August the 5th. And we'll give out the details on how you can uh, participate or at least check out the information regarding MJE coming up. Rabbi Mark Wilds, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you for having me again. Good morning. Good morning to you. And uh, we spoke off the air for a moment <clears throat> about what happens, what has been happening over the last couple of weeks. And you, you mentioned to me that uh, the Pesach Starim were quite active with MJE. And frankly, uh, I'd rather talk about it on the air <laughs> than off the air. <laughs> so tell me, uh, what do we need to know about what's happening in Manhattan and in New York City? Do we, in fact, have thousands of Jews who are looking for a Pesach experience? We did, and we were able to serve many hundreds of them, thank God, in all of our locations. And um, we had uh, just open, explanatory, and inspiring Sadarim, uh, both downtown and uptown. And it was just an amazing experience. You know, the Seder is the most celebrated Jewish ritual um, in America. Actually, even more Jews come out for a Seder than for the high holidays in Yom Kippur. And we like to sort of take advantage of that and be able to capture as many of our less affiliated Jewish brothers and sisters and give them a real authentic but powerful and Seder experience. It, and it was, it was amazing. Does it sometimes, I don't know, um, uh, surprise you? Um, uh, th- does it intrigue you that people with, and I don't want to use the word ignorant, I want to be proper here, and, mm-hmm. and certainly not to the fault of anybody, but People with such limited experience Jewishly, people who have so uh, you know little contact with Jewish ritual, yet go ahead and make the Seder such an important centerpiece of their Jewish life. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because uh, even though there's a lot of, um, you know, unfortunately it is ignorance, uh, it's not to anyone's fault. Right. Uh, most American Jews just, uh, you know, don't, didn't have the uh, it's only about ten percent of Americans Jewry that goes to day school. Right. Um, the rest of them are going to Hebrew school or less. Right. Hebrew school could be once or twice a week. You get graduated from it when you're bar bat mitzvah. But you know, I really believe in the pintaliyid. There's just something uh, inexplicable that uh, Jewish people have uh, in terms of an interest, and um, it's different for some people. It could be a seder. Right. Other people, you know, we just had a show-up program. We had over 450 people who came out to hear. Where did that take uh, place? That, it was amazing. It was at the uh, Museum for Jewish Heritage, the Holocaust Museum downtown. Right. Um, and we did it together with the Young Friends Division of the museum. We had over 450 people who came out to hear Dr. Moshe Avital, who's an extraordinary survivor of about six concentration camps and who's devoted the last 50 years of his life to Jewish education, uh, a Torah-observant Jew with extraordinary faith and an unbelievable story. And, you know, also there's just um, there's an interest. They want to hear, and, and, and they also want to know why someone like this, who saw the horrors of the Holocaust, why he continued to lead a Torah-observant life. And 
um, not only to you know be personally observant, but to spend his life devoted to Jewish education. And uh, you know, it, it's an unbelievable thing. And in Israel, um, you know, you mentioned the Israel trip. You know, that to me is just like you know, the the epitome of the kind of outreach that we could be doing. What what what, what percentage yeah. of this trip do you think will be first timers? Based on your experience, what percentage will be people who've never stepped on Israel soil before? Um, I would say one third to one half will be um, people who've never been there before. Um, uh, depending on the year, it's, sometimes it's a half, sometimes it's closer to a third. Um, but the truth is, almost everyone who comes on this trip, even if they've been to Israel before, not to toot my own horn, but we do a really good job. We've been doing this for 16 years, trips to Israel. We're 18 years old now. We've been doing trips for 16 years. Um, we do a really great job of, of inspiring people through the land of Israel. And even if someone has been there before, whether it was a birthright trip or some other kind of trip, um, the combination of the learning, of the substance of the trip, and the inspiration and the fun, it's just a, it's a total winner. It's the greatest thing that we do of all the programs, in my opinion. Is it, to is it uh, one Shabbat total or two during the trip? It's, it's one Shabbat, but we do offer an option if people want to stay longer, um, we work out things um, for people. One of the things also that we try to arrange is some of our students who are coming with us, have been learning with us all year in our year-long fellowship program, and they get this trip. They pay half, we pay half. They get this trip um, as a sort of symbol of their success of finishing up a year of Torah study with us, which for m- almost all of these people is, is something brand new. And... Um, so many of them will stay on uh, to be uh, to study in seminary in the case of the women or in yeshiva in the case of the men. So, but it, it's eight days. Starts August fifth and it goes to August thirteenth. We leave uh, Motzei Shabbat uh, Saturday night and we come back Monday morning. The idea is these are all working stiffs, twenties and thirties from uh, less affiliated backgrounds, right. and uh, they don't have a lot of time off. So we pack it in. They, they all they have to do is take off one week from work. And that, I'm just curious: that Shabbat is in Jerusalem or somewhere else in Israel? So we start up north um, for the first three days of the trip. We start up north and we spend time in the Golan. We spend time in Sfat, um, and just a lot of hiking and seeing the beautiful nature of Israel. And then um, we get to is we get to Jerusalem on Wednesday, and then we spend the rest of the trip from Wednesday through um, Sunday night in Yerushalayim. Very nice. Wow. All right, Mark Wilds is with us. Is this the best way to get information, jewishexperience.org? Yeah, jewishexperience.org is our, web, is our website, and all the information is on there. If anyone has any friends, relatives, uh, colleagues who've either never been to Israel or they've been to Israel, but you think that a inspirational-slash-educational trip like this could really help reconnect a fellow Jew. This is the trip to be able to send them on. I'll just say one thing. Sure. You know, the Gemara says that, that you can't compare uh, uh, seeing uh, to hearing, right? Seeing is believing. And for the diaspora Jew and for our less affiliated diaspora Jew, you know, Judaism is like a bunch of stories and relics of our past, but not really presented to most of our Jewish brothers and sisters as something authentic and real. And then when somebody goes to Israel, and they walk literally where Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob walked, 
or they visit King David's Palace. We go to Ir David on Friday of the trip, or we go to the Kotel and the tunnel tours, and, and they're just there. They, they just experience something that they can never get in the diaspora with all of the whatever education that people have gotten. Um, we, we go to spot and we tell people, you know, when you come to Friday night services, it was that, that fila was designed here, you know, by the Kabbalists of the 16th century. Right. And even the modern, the modern day sites are just, it's just an experience of being there um, that you can't replicate anywhere else. So it's just, it's the most powerful tool, I think, that we have in the outreach world to engage our less affiliated Jewish brothers and sisters. It starts on August the 5th. It is the MJE, Manhattan Jewish Experience, trip to Israel. It's an experience unlike the rest, as Roy Wilds just described. It's uh, aimed for those in their 20s and 30s. And anybody out there who wants to be on the trip, obviously, uh, you go to the website, jewishexperience.org. But even more so, if you know somebody who would benefit from the type of trip that Roy Wilds just described, recommend it to them and maybe even... uh, you know, encourage them, do something to send them along uh, and, to, uh, and to push them into this experience. It is a life-changing one that they will never forget. JewishExperience.org has all the information. JewishExperience.org. Again, it's August 5th, part of the Manhattan Jewish Experience, um, a calendar of events, which is uh, so full. It's amazing. Are, I, I assume you guys are doing something next week for Yom Atzmut, am I right? I assume there's some type of celebration or service that's going to be 100%, happening. 100%. On Monday night, uh, we're going to be joining together with a number of the Upper West Side synagogues and having uh, a number of lone soldiers coming and speaking. We're, of course, going to first have a special tefillah in honor of Yom Atzma'ut, uh, Yom Hazikaron, really, first, and then we're going to transition into a party. 613, the a cappella group, oh. is going to be performing, nice. and that's all taking place Monday night at MGE on the West Side. Uh, which is 131 uh, West 86th Street, 86th Street, in Amsterdam, Columbus. Everybody's welcome to that. There you go. All right, very nice. All right, Wiles, you're doing amazing work, great work, and uh, continue to inspire uh, Jews in Manhattan and beyond. And thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much, and uh, you should continue. Our listeners out there don't even realize that uh, your host's son is MGE's Chazan downtown, and he's <laughs> unbelievable. He not only has an extraordinary voice, but he's a tremendous role model for a lot of the people who come each and every week. He's always there for them. I hear, and I, thank you. I see that the reviews you're getting are, in fact, accurate. <laughs> 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 thank you so much, Rabbi Wiles. Pleasure. Have a wonderful day, and thank you. That was our conversation with Rabbi Mark Wilds of the Manhattan Jewish Experience. Thank you very much for tuning in to the Nahum Siegel Network and JM Rewind. Every Tuesday at 9 a.m., we get an opportunity after JM and the AM to revisit some of the great conversations we've had on the air. I thank you for listening to JM Rewind. This is the Nahum Siegel Network. Been a lot of places. I've been all around the world. Seen a lot of faces. Never know where I was on the horizon. Ooh, well, I know, I know, I know, I know. So I'll be rising back home. No, we won't forget where we came from. The city won't change us. We beat to the same drum. No, we won't forget where we came from. The city won't change us. We beat to the same drum. Don't forget where you belong. I'm going home to the place where.
it's hard to commit to it. You say that it's hard standing still. Don't you know that I spend all my nights counting backwards the days till I'm home?
Hashem, 